no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Barry Sentients. On today's show, we recap the preseason finale versus the Buffalo Bills and much, much more. What's good, Prez? Hey, Doug, man, I can't call it, bro. Hey, had a good time chopping up with you yesterday at Soldier Field. Audience, I can't wait for week one against Green Bay. I'm so sick of talking about preseason. I'm ready for these games to fucking count, son. Green Bay, bring them on, man. And I'll say this, now, I know a lot of people, a lot of Bears fans, especially after the game yesterday, Man, you know how Bears tour to get. One day, man, everybody's all fired up, and the next day they're like, oh, the season's going to suck. The offense sucks. <laughs> the defense sucks. I'm like, guys, come on. Relax. So, like, say with me real quick, audience. We're going we're gonna to do a quick exercise with your boy, Press. I want you guys to breathe in. Breathe out. That's the negative vibes and negative energy. Let that shit go. We didn't have <laughs> week one yet. These people are already fucking throwing the, fucking, uh, throwing the flag in on the season. Come on, y'all. We better than that. I know we've been through a lot of shit. It's been tough out here in these streets. But listen, look at this roster that Ryan Pace put on paper. Have some fucking faith out here, guys. Come on. We're better than that. Let's give this Bears chance team a chance. Give them an opportunity. I mean, we got some players, like you said, with all the things we've done all the season. I mean, we're in good shape. Let's give it an opportunity, see what they can do, and then we can judge based upon the season. And this is the thing, A-Dub. Half the damn team is out with injuries. So it's like, we don't even know what we have. So let's just relax. You know what I'm saying? Most of the damn starters, they've been like kind of keeping on the shelf. Most yep. of the guys that, you know what I'm saying, we were all rave about, they've been on ice. Awesome. Let's just relax. Like I said, when you look at this team, the only thing, A-Dub, that really makes me a little itchy and scratchy is the offensive line. I'm not going to lie to you about that one. <laughs> Them injuries on the offensive line. And shout out to your boy, Braxton Jones. He Iron Man, bro. I feel like he's never injured, bro. Now, let me knock on wood because I don't want nothing to happen to him. But my man is always available. He never misses practice. He's always available. Man, something to be said about that dude. Whatever Braxton Jones eating, they need to get the rest of the offensive line eating that shit. He's been preparing himself. He didn't care about any of these offseason that you and I talked about additions. He was like, look, I'm good, right? You and I talked heavily about that. But he's proving it right on the field by playing every day, being available, bro, without making any excuses. So I like the fact that he's been a one consistent thing thus far. Now, I included a second ago to the offensive line. We already know Tevin Jenkins. Looked like he's nursing multiple calf strains, man. I mean, I saw him limping on the sideline yesterday. Bad limp. He's probably going to be out for quite a while. Cody White here, they're moving him back to the guard position to offset what's going on with Tevin. Then you're looking at the center position, and you're just like, damn, there's just so many moving parts. Nate Davis, Miss I don't practice. We ain't seen much of him. He's in a ramp-up period. And then our rookie, he went down to practice this week with an ankle injury. So it's just like, man, there's just so many moving parts. Lucas Patrick, I mean, I, I ain't seen him at all. So it's just like, at the family fest, I'm like, what happened to Lucas Patrick? To your point, I don't feel confident right now because missing this much time, the chemistry is going to take a hit. 
They talk about rust. That's going to be a part of it as well. I mean, you come into a season like this, doesn't bode well because now it looks like we're going back to the old way of how Justin Fields had to perform. He has to do a lot of running, you know, and it makes you think that's what's going to happen moving forward with the fact that we don't have our offensive line ready to go. But that's again why I'm, I'm preaching. I'm trying to preach patience to the audience, but I'm telling you, out of all the things to be concerned with, it's just the offensive line for me. The other yep. things I think is going to come together. I'm not really worried about the defense because, like I said, half the guys that were going to be out there playing this season haven't been out there for preseason. But that offensive line got me a little worried. I, I'm worried about Justin. I'm worried about them being able to keep him upright. And I don't want Justin to have to resort back to last season's Justin where he was running for his life. I want to be able to have time in the pocket and throw the ball to those weapons that we talk about on this show off. Nate Davis, get your ass out on this field, man. I'm just going to call it what it is because – the fact that he hasn't played much at all really concerns me, Perez. And all that money you and I talked about, what we what spent on the much? guy. What you mean much? He ain't done nothing. He ain't done nothing. This man stands around in the jersey. <laughs> he ain't no different than us out there watching the game. You had your jersey on. You and Nate Davis have done the same thing. Sit in the <laughs> jersey and watch. Maybe Nate Davis is like, fuck this. I don't practice. That ain't what I do. I just play games. <laughs> Who know what the man is thinking, right? <laughs> hey, right, friends. But I don't like it. He said, that man said, fuck Trey Kim. <laughs> <laughs> he sure did. Even when you see him with the media, he is just so relaxed. And the point is, I'm not feeling that, though, man. Like, dude, we need you out there, man. Our offensive line is struggling, bro. Ryan Poe signed you because you know the system, right? And I think yep. that's probably what it is for Nate Davis. He's like, well, I know the system. What I need to be out there for? Well, you need to be out there. We got continuity with the rest of the guys, bro. You need to be out there because we need to make sure you're ready to go week one. My man Absolutely. over here pacing himself. Out there smiling and shit. I'm like, hey, man, I ain't got time for all that, bro. Like, seriously, we need we need some reinforcement here, man, on this offensive line. And you seeing he sees all the struggles we've gone through, Press, you just alluded to already with the injuries. Like, hey, man, we won't have time for all this. We're trying to win football games. We're trying to protect Justin Fields. Hey, well, he took a big hit in the last preseason game, you know, against the Buffalo Bills. So we're looking like, hey, look, we want our quarterback as healthy as possible. We want him to last a full season. And that's why immediately he got pulled out of that damn game. I was like, when people were around us talking about some, oh, why he didn't get to finish the drive? I'm like, did you see that hit he took on the last drive? Okay, right. cool. You just answered your own damn dumbass question. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> Enough fucking said. But audience, we're going to get into all of that here in a little bit. I wanted to give some love here to Steve Mongo McMichael. He's on the doorstep of Internet Hall of Fame, football immortality. And you know what, man? I gave a shout-out to his sister and his wife previously on just being the trailblazers for making sure that people didn't forget about Mongo and it's amazing, man, seeing how this fan base has really kind of put their arms around Mongo. He's struggling right now, man. He's fighting for his life, literally. Yeah. And this Hall of Fame thing is giving him a reason to live. His wife even talked about that. She was like, look, he had a do not resuscitate order on. He had that, he had that removed because this is how much this means to him. And being a senior finalist, I hope he gets into the hall, man. I'm pulling for him, prayers. I'm rooting for him, bro. And you hit a good point talk about his wife and support she's been giving him. I mean, just seeing her get choked up talking about it, bro, just yep. it just touched my heart, man. I'm like, man, Mongo done so much for this Bears organization, you know, had a great career, 
and just seeing his wife there to continue to support him throughout this entire process and being his biggest cheerleader to get in the Hall of Fame, man, it just speaks volume for the support he's getting. But we also, you and I, are definitely, and many, many millions of others of with the Chicago Bear Nation rooting for this guy to get in. And I promise you, man, when he gets inducted, we are going to be there in Canton. We're going to be there to, to see that moment. I hope he's here. You know what I'm saying? We don't know what the future holds for Mongo, but I right. hope he's here to see that moment for him in his career, man. That's going to be amazing. Jared Payton already has been tagged with speaking and basically getting him inducted, so I thought that was dope. It was yep. cool seeing Jared there at his bedside talking with Mongo. I mean, Mongo right now, I mean, this disease is, is taking away his ability to move his muscles. He can't speak. These diseases, dub, man, it, it's just it's crazy what this thing reduced him from. I mean, this guy yeah. was a 300-pound superhero. This ALS is either way and all of that. But you know what? I still feel like, man, Mongo, he's still fighting like hell. He is. And I got to give him respect for that. Got to give him respect for that. But you hit on something very true, man. These diseases, man, they hurt my heart to see we don't have any cure for so many of them. I hope we can some point, at some point, find a cure because we need to, man. It's just that we just seen too many people go down, man, due to these diseases out here. To see so many people affected by these different diseases out there. So to your point with Mongo, he's a fighter. I'm rooting for him, man. I hope he's able to see himself going to the hall. I just hope, A-Dub, that he's here to see it. Yep. And there's been so many of our legends that have been put into the hall after they're no longer here. And I just man, feel like, man, for everything that this guy gave to the NFL, blood, sweat, and tears, Yep, I just want that moment for him so bad, man. And like I said, man, I'm going to be there in Canton. We've had so many Bears over the years that have been put into the Hall of Fame. This is just the logical next guy to get in there. And also get my boy Devin Hester in there as well, damn it. Heck yeah, get them both in there, prayers. You're right about that. Get them both in there. They both earned it. They deserve it. I just want the NFL to do the right thing. Agreed. Tariqo and A-Dub now. <laughs> Last week, <laughs> we see where Tariqo was like, hey, I'm ready to make a comeback. I'm healthy. He's had a tough last couple of years professionally and personally. And so, you know, we always are rock with Tariq over here. But he, he announced that the Bears have no interest in bringing him back. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that because when you look at our punt return kickoff game right now, we missing a little juice. So what were your thoughts there when you kind of heard that, hey, there's teams interested in Tariq Cohen, but the Bears aren't one of them? I'm with the Bears, bro. But for this team that we have right now, how we construct it at the running back position, we really don't need them, really, bro. I get it. Maybe a nice punt return or whatever. And I just think that it'll be tough just to get them, bring them back just for that particular role only. So I think the Bears are probably making the right decision and saying, hey, we tried it with you, bro. We're moving along. Let somebody else give you an opportunity. Yeah, I just hope he gets another shot in the league. Now, I would say when I look at our running back room, it's pretty loaded. But obviously, we're talking about a guy that's a former All-Pro as a returner. And I'm looking at our return situation. It's kind of meh. <laughs> so the guy was a weapon there on special teams. See, we don't know where he stands physically. And so I guess from that standpoint, I know take your heart out of it, Prez, and Look at it <laughs> logically and realistically like Ryan Poles is. Right. I get it. But honestly, man, I'm just like, hey, we got to get this shit figured out on our special teams. So We do. We really do, bro. That, you're not lying about that part of it. We got some things to work out from that standpoint. I hope his burst is still there. I hope his speed is still there. That will actually help him get another opportunity for sure. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, we had some rumors last week that the Bears 
We're interested in exploring a trade for one Jonathan Taylor. So you just said a second ago, hey, our running back room, we're good. We stacked up. So what were your thoughts when you heard the Bears mention not only as a team that was interested, but as a potential front runner for the services of one Jonathan Taylor? Ooh-wee. You know that's all Matt Eberflus doing right here, press. <laughs> you know, the guy, Jonathan Taylor, is probably the best running back in the game, arguably. And if you got a chance to get somebody like him, a workhorse like that, and we know a guy like him can just eat up yards, bro, it gets no better than Jonathan Taylor. So we got to move some pieces for him at our running back position and give up some running backs for him? Absolutely, you make that case. And to figure out that the Bears are a team interested in him, he fits right on at home, bro. When I look at Khalil Herbert, I feel like he is the lead dog. He hasn't done anything to lose his job, but I also think he hasn't done really much to say, I'm the number one guy. Right. So when I heard the rumors, I was like, okay, Jonathan Taylor, hell yeah. I mean, of course. (laughs) You bring him to Chicago, but... One of the things that I really love that Ryan Poles has done is he's accumulated a lot of draft capital. And one of my concerns is, is giving up that draft capital to bring somebody like Jonathan Taylor in here who has had an injury history. Yeah, think about it. Last season was a very injury-riddled season for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's one of the top backs in the league. But now we're talking about the injury history. We're talking about losing draft capital or whatever else Indianapolis wants in the trade for him. But you're also going to have to pay this guy 10 to $15 million per season at the running back position. Well, we know that the NFL devalues that position so much. I kind of feel like, eh, I don't know if I'm interested in that. At that type of price tag, we're losing draft capital and having to pay that. No, I'd rather that money go to other positions. Spread that shit out. Because the way that I look at it is, we got running backs at the cheap right now. You got Khalil Herbert to still play on that rookie deal. You got mm-hmm. Dalton Foreman on a one-year proven deal. You got Travis Homer in that backfield. You got Roshan Johnson on the rookie deal. I think personally you're good there. Talent-wise, of course Jonathan Taylor would be an upgrade. But hey man, we gonna have a running back by committee. We'll get it done. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. But I was very co- surprised when I saw the Bears as a as a potential team. I was like, huh. But to your point, <laughs> but you're right, to the point that you made a second ago, Matt Eberflus has worked with Jonathan Taylor. He knows him well. And it doesn't surprise me that potentially Poles was talking to the Colts because he has a relationship with Ballard, yep. who he worked with when he was with Kansas City. So there's a lot of, you know what I'm saying, little inside relationships and little inside additions over yeah. here. So you never know what could happen. But I'm just going to tell you from my heart of hearts, if they pulled the trade off, would I be upset? Fuck no. If they didn't pull it off, would I be upset? No. Right. Because I think we're good with what we're bringing into the season. But if they fucking pull something off like that, I mean, of course, you know, your boy going to be fired up about it now. I mean, I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you on that, Prince. But what that tells me is if you make that type of trade, you're pretty much saying this Bears team is ready to win right now. And that's what you're pretty much saying. You know, I understand the offensive line. You talked about that already. But you're pretty much saying we just damn them there. We damn near there. So if you get a guy like Jonathan Taylor – there's a lot more expectations with this team. You got Justin Fields, Taylor, DJ Moore, Money Moon. I mean, Claypool. You look, you expect it to win at this point. This could be Ryan Poles' Khalil Mack trade if he pulls it off. Ooh. Because to the point you made, when Ryan Pace made that Khalil Mack trade, he made that trade with the idea that was the piece that was going to get us over the hump. Well, we know how that ended. Not going to go there. However, (laughs) if you see a move like Jonathan Taylor, to your point, A-Dub, this could be his Khalil Mack trade. 
So we'll see what happens. And like I said, audience, I ain't gonna poo-poo it now. Cause like if it happens, <laughs> shit, you know me, I'll be on this microphone fucking hollering with the best of them about it now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. But again, I just want to make sure that I'm on the record of saying I believe in the guys that we have in that running back room right now. So if it doesn't happen, I'm good either way. Now, Chris Jones, on the other hand, oh, I say go get him all day long. Because that's another guy they out here talking about the Bears are interested in. And I'm like, go get him. Please. Bears definitely can use him. What do you mean? They that defensive line last season, the way teams ran on us. <laughs> and I know the fan base ain't too happy about the defensive line right now. Bring him right? up in here. Hey, bro, that's improvement. Instant improvement right away. I mean, look at it like this, man. He had been out of all camp. Contract dispute. Okay. Yep. Come on now. The man ain't happy. He want to get paid. He probably see Patrick Mahomes get all that money. He probably saw that house that Patrick Mahomes built. I saw that shit too. I was like, God damn. That man got a lot of money. And Chris Jones like, hey, where my money at? <laughs> you, you kind of have an idea that this guy knows, of course, Ryan Poles. Like, look, come on now. You know, you know, Ryan Poles has some relationship over there. You know, take the opportunity over here with Chicago Bears. We're doing something special over here. As you can see, a lot of noise happening here. Some good things going on. So why not come and join the fun? And this is the thing. This is where you make a deal like this because you got Justin Fields still on that rookie contract. So you can yep. bring in a big-time guy like this, right, and pay him whatever the fuck he wants because you got your quarterback locked in at a discount rate for now. I mean, this was the same thinking that Ryan Pace had when he made the Khalil Mack trade because at the time they had Mr. Trubisky, who they thought was their guy, locked right. in at a discount rate under that rookie contract. Now, I'm hoping here in Chicago, if you go after a Chris Jones type or Jonathan Taylor, Whatever your whatever your persuasion is on this, but <laughs> if you're bringing in one of those type of guys, the hope is that Justin Fields is your guy at quarterback. The one thing we know about Ryan Poles is that he is not going to be foolish with draft capital. Yep. However, though, man, if you can go out and get a guy like Chris Jones, especially if he might be available, you know what I mean? Because if behind the scenes he's unhappy, Kansas City don't have the cap space to give him what he wants. I mean, come on. I mean, this makes too much sense. Imagine him on that defensive line with Ngakwe. Woo. <laughs> Bruh. Bruh. What are we talking about, y'all? What are we talking about? Man, Prez, don't get my hopes up so high, man. Don't do that to me, bro. Don't do I'm it to trying, me, man. I'm just trying to tell you a story, <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you a story. Sometimes man. I try to tell you stories, A-Dub. Sometimes you don't want to listen. Sometimes you don't want to listen. <laughs> hey, but right now, I'm listening right now, bro. Like, damn, don't, don't get my hopes up that high, man, because we do get a guy like him, man. Imagine how this fan base is going to react to that, bro. Woo! Just take a stroll with me, A-Dub. It's, it's okay every once in a while to take a stroll with your boy Press. Just think about, man, Chris Jones and that Bears uniform, boy. I'm smiling just thinking about it, man. I'm just smiling over here. It's a beautiful Sunday morning over here. Love life. Love life. And I have no remorse for Kansas City at this point. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck exactly. them. Well, we know we got the salary cap space now. We know Ryan Pohl stripped this thing down to the studs done a really good job with the roster, done a really good job with salary cap management. We yep. have the space if we decided to do so. We have it. I think it's a matter of how much Chris Jones wants, right? Because yeah. he's already on a pretty, I thought, pretty significant contract, and he wants more money. <laughs> and see, that's the tough part, man, about guys on these teams. When they see one of their teammates getting broke off of some cash like that, they're like, well, what about me? See, it always leaves one person feeling left out. And the, one, uh, the person always feel like, hey, I'm just as important to this team as the other person. 
Now, we got a guy right now that, that's feeling a little left out, and that's one Travis Gibson. So during the game yesterday, my phone blowing up. They're like, hey, Prince, you seeing this shit about Travis Gibson? I'm like, yeah, man, he had a strip sack. Me and Dub at the game. They're like, no. My man just asked for a trade, or he's asking for permission to seek a trade. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and this is a prime example of my opinion, a Dub, of someone not wanting to fucking compete. Good riddance if you want out. Now I'm hearing rumors that he wants to get back into a 3-4 scheme because he thinks that that's where his talent best aligns. Okay. To me, it seemed like you duck and smoke because you don't want to compete because you're buried on the depth chart. Yep. A bunch of guys ahead of you, and they went out and got in Gawkway. His feelings were hurt. And to that point, Perez, if you saw this change is happening with Demarcus Walker, Rasheen Green, Terrell Lewis, why didn't you request a trade earlier then? Why are you asking for it now? If you really wanted out, it could have been did that. But the fact that these other players are competing and on your ass, you can't take the heat. So, and I'm not saying that Gibson have been playing bad. He's been playing pretty well. No, he, listen, I, he just had a strip sack yesterday. And if anything, yeah. I was, well, as soon as the trade demand came out, they dub, and I'm like, well, shit, cool. He put good film out there. So hopefully the team will give us a draft pick for him. Good risk. Absolutely. But the fact is, what you're trying to tell us is that you feel like you're better than what you really are and that you don't want to, you know, be this far down the depths. You had your chance last year. You didn't do so well with it, bro. So you got to earn that shit back. So the fact is, he feel like he's going to have to earn it back. He wants out. Maybe your wish will be granted. And this is the thing, man. You guys know, this is tough for me to even say this about Trev. Because, dude, that breakout season, I was expecting after that, like, man, he going to have 10 sacks. Right. And we know it didn't happen. And this is the thing, Trev. It's a business, bro. They banked on you. They gambled on you last season. Hey, he's going to take that next step. You did it. The pass rush was bad. They went out, say he does point, signed to Marcus Walker. They went out and signed to Gakwe. This is what teams are going to do. If you don't get the job done, what you think? Somebody going to sit here and be like, we're going to keep giving you chances? No. Right. It's a results-oriented business. I say it all the fucking time. Your three sacks, they go hack it, bro. Fuck your feelings. <laughs> so my whole thing is get out there and compete. You out there putting some good film out there. I just don't know where this trade demand bullshit came from, man. That shit look hella weak. Hey, that came from the fact that, hey, it, it got loaded out here on this defensive line. He's looking at himself like, damn, did I do enough? Maybe I did. Maybe I can beat them to the punch by requesting the trade, you know? And if you feel that way, that's on him, man. But the thing is, this team have said it's over and over. They want competition. So if you're not willing to handle that, man, Hey, that's on you, bro. You got to own that, man. You got to own that. You got to own what you put out there on that field. Like I said, man, good riddance if if, if 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 that's where he's at. And I think that they got some really good talent there in the edge rusher position. Yep. Terrell Smith, you know what I'm saying? I think that he's done enough to, to lock down a roster spot. So, you know, it's one of those situations that Trev, he knew what the situation was. He knew the snaps are going to be hard to come by for him. It wasn't about Absolutely. him making the team. He was probably going to make the 53-man, but he's probably right. looking like, well, how many reps I'm going to get? What my numbers going to look like? I'm entering my free agent year. He want to get paid. You that's know what it. he's thinking about. Yep. He's thinking about himself. He want to get paid. Like you say, bro, that's exactly what it is. So he's thinking selfishly, not about the team. Uh, we'll see how this all pans out. You know what I mean? Like I said, I'm I'm not gonna be all broken up if they make if they make a move from him. If we know Ryan Poles, he'll be able to flip a draft pick. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> and hey, Travis, thanks for that strip sack yesterday, man. Because hey, that happened at the right time. Because when his name is going all crazy over the internet, he out there, he made a nice play. So hey, kudos to you. 
And thank you for that draft pick in advance. Absolutely. And I got to give Eva Fuchs a lot of credit for how he handled it with the media. He pretty much didn't want no part of it, really, but nope. did speak highly of him. Say, hey, the guy's been good, you know, on the field and everything else. So I got to give Eber Fuchs his props on how we handled this, man. But at the end of the day, like you say, Perez, if Trevor's going to be gone, I'd rather get the cancer out the locker room, man, than before it becomes a bigger problem down the road. And see, I don't think it's a it's like a cancerous type situation. I think Travis is probably a good locker room guy. He's just unhappy about the situation, right? And to that point, if you got a guy like that around, let's get him out of here. Like I said earlier, when I said breathe in and breathe out that negative bullshit, get that out of here. If that's where he's yeah. at, bye. But to the point is, that can blow up, you know, and it can become a distraction for the team. And that's why we'll call it a distraction. So if it's going to become that, get rid of the guy. Let him out of here, man. Let him go do his thing elsewhere. That's right. Now, Ada, I want to get closer and closer to discussing this preseason finale. So, we saw that Matt Eberflus had the tough decision to figure out what he was going to do with Justin Fields. So, right. week two against the Colts, he sat most of the starters, most of them due to injury, but he also made the decision to sit Fields and Booney and, and, and those guys. But anyway, the last preseason game, he says, hey, despite the offensive line troubles that I talked about earlier in the show, he decided to get Justin Fields out there in that lineup because he wanted to get some rhythm going for that first unit. Yeah. And he felt that, hey, you know what? I got to get a little bit more game time reps for these guys. So when you saw that decision from Eberflus, were you on board with it? Because I know a lot of people were kind of like, eh, I'd be okay if he sits out because the offensive line is so banged up right now. My thought process, Chris, I'm with Eberflus on this, bro. I'm glad he decided to let Justin Fields get some reps in. Because you saw with the Titans, he didn't get many in. I mean, he got three passes, three completions, and pretty much his day, day was done. So right. he really hasn't had much out there on the field. It's like a Tyson fight, right? Knocked his ass out in the first round. It's over, right? <laughs> and so it was like, you still need to get some work in, right? What about the, you know, the other other time you're going to be out there, you know, get some rhythm going on, right? So I think with Iberflu's making his decision to say, hey, you know what? Let me get my guy out there again to see where he's at. He can handle himself. I mean, just to feel he's an improved player. I like the idea to let these starters work a little bit together. Now, I, I would agree with that. So the way that I looked at it was, obviously, I think he should have played. I thought he should have played a little bit last week. I know they were excited for what he did in those joint practices against the Colts. Yeah. I would like to see them went out there at least for a series. Because yep. with them playing yesterday, the offense, to me, didn't play with much rhythm. And that's to be expected when yep. you're not getting a lot of live bullets. So, I mean, we saw the offense kind of go three and out and three and out. And then finally they had a little drive going where, hey, DJ Moore did DJ Moore things out there, he dubbed. Yep. Right? That's what we're going to expect from him all season. This guy probably going to be a yak king out there. I ain't, is, about Kavassia, I ain't talking about Kavassia, y'all. I ain't talking about Kavassia. Yak King. I, I love DJ Moore, man. You got to give that guy a lot of props because he is a huge difference maker that you and I have talked about. But giving those guys some good rhythm together, the to work together, and like you said, those first couple drives wasn't so good. That's To me, that was rust. It was like we haven't been out here together in a while, and it showed, right? So going out there for a third series definitely looked totally different. You saw DJ Moore do DJ Moore things. Now – I talked about the injuries to the offensive line, but we got injuries pretty much throughout this damn roster. Now, right. Matt Eberflus did give an update, and he said that he's confident that guys like Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, and Chase Claypool will be ready to go against the Packers. Tremaine Madman's return back to practice. He had an injury that they didn't even tell us what it was, right? And that's the thing, you know, this team's so secretive about that kind of thing. Yep. But when you look at all these injuries on the team, A-Dub, are any of the injuries outside of Tevin Jenkins' ones 
that you're kind of like, oh, I'm worried about this guy and so forth. I mean, to me, the one you mentioned already with Tevin Jenkins, that's a bigger problem for me. I talked about Nate Davis already because I think he's been a jackass in a way. <laughs> so I'm not really too much really concerned about that. I think our secondary, you know, even with those guys not playing, Briskin, Eddie Jackson, I think they'll be just fine when they come back. I think it's all about how this all old line that you talked about earlier, how they're going to perform because I think everyone else we're good at. Well, I mean, it's just one of those situations where I would just have liked to see some of those guys get a little bit more time out there. Yeah. Now, a guy like Eddie Jackson, he's a veteran of the game. He'll be fine. But certain guys I'm kind of looking at like right now, and I'm like, hey, I need to see what you got, right? When I say that, I'm talking to a guy like Nate Davis. I'm not going nope. to sit here and just kick the guy, kick the guy, but I just need to see him do something. And yeah. he's a guy that I'm going to be paying close attention to. Tevin Jenkins, I'm worried about him. And obviously, I sit outside of him, but I'm worried about Tevin. You know, he's yeah. had a lot of injuries in his young career. And I'm concerned with the fact of, what the hell's going on with their strength and conditioning team? Like, how Ooh. does this man have calf strains in both his legs? What, what are they doing out there? They got a lot of injuries on this team right now. I don't know if this is the his principle or what. It reminds me of that year when Lovey Smith had all those damn guys with, with damn hamstring strains. And then they ended up having to fire the strength and conditioning coach because of the workouts he was doing was fucking everybody's hamstrings up. So I just don't know what's going on when you got all these injuries. Like, is you know, it the guys aren't used to physical practices and the pace of practice? Like, what I don't know. Something's going on. Yeah, and I hope we're not running these players to the ground. I hope not that that's not the case. I hope not. Some things you can look at them and say, you know what? Are they used to this type of condition, this type of work ethic, you know? And you just don't really know for certain. But I hope that there's no coincidence here between or, or no correlation between how Matt Aperflux is practicing if that have any kind of impact on how things are going. Because I think we heard some rumblings last year about the, the work that was going on, you know, uh, how Matt Eberflus had this team working, you know, that came out of things, Chris. So I just hope that's not the case. And Eberflus came in, hey, he's the adult in the room, as we've talked about in the past. Yep. However, I think there's a happy medium with everything. And like I said, when I see these injuries popping up, I'm like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Like, there's something going on. There's something going on with, hey, the, the strength and conditioning. There's something going on with maybe the, the practices. Like, we got too many guys that are out right now. And I ain't talking about Dave Davis. He's out because he's just out. But right. we got guys out here that have been practicing, and they got injured out there. And now this is really getting close to the season, and we still not fully healthy. Yeah, man, something is, is, is concerning. And how do we get these guys fully healthy and remain healthy? That is something that this Bears team really got to figure out, bro. Because you're right. You hit a good point about, hey, traditioning, traditioning coach, Hey, where you guys are at in this process? When we look at the game from yesterday, and we talked about Iberflus' decision to, to play Justin Fields yesterday. And for the most part, I thought it was a good move. I thought it was up and down performance by Justin Fields. Can you kind of give the audience your thoughts on just kind of what you saw out there and what your thoughts are for Justin Fields as Green Bay gets closer and closer? I think for me, Perez, I didn't like the throws he was making out there. I thought some of them were a little bit inaccurate. Even that one to DJ Moore, I was like, hey, you got to be careful with that type of throw because you can get picked off. So I think really with that throw he made there, I thought that was a little bit of concern for me. I thought the throw to Cole Komet, you know, and almost like double coverage. It was low, though, but it could have been intercepted too. You're going to throw a, a, a throw in tight coverage. You got to throw it to where only, where only your your player, your wide receiver can make that catch. But it feels like, it feels like he figured things out later in the game, but I think early on he got to be mindful of those risk-taking type of opportunities. And I do like the fact he's willing to give his you know, uh, wide receivers a chance. 
everything you said that fair. I mean, it's, it's no different than what I see some other people say. There was it, it was a lot of people that were reaching out to us during the game yesterday, like, "Hey, is it time to be worried about Justin?" And I said, "No, I think right. what you see with the guy in Justin is he just doesn't have rhythm right now with the with the unit." I yep. think outside of DJ Moore, I don't see him having that chemistry with anybody else. Now we've seen it in practice with Claypool and obviously with DJ Moore, but as far as in the game, I've only seen it with DJ Moore so far. I so agree. I just feel like, hey, they just need a little bit more time together. I also think that you have to pay attention to the fact that the offensive line was makeshift. That's a part of the problem, too. They couldn't really run the ball like they wanted to because, again, you're not with the number one offensive line. And right. I think that not having that running game to complement what he was trying to do in the passing game didn't do him any favors. I agree. His passes didn't have a – you know, they weren't the most accurate passes out there. But what we see from Justin Fields so far in his career – is a guy that's streaky. That's what we say. But I'd rather have him than Trey Lance. Oh, 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 without question, without question, I'd rather have Justin Fields because yeah, there's so, so much like, to this guy. So it's like, what well, we talk about all this, like, and, and I'm not saying you guys, but it's like people out here that are like basically like so worried about the guy. Like, man, it's preseason. I right. think we're in good shape here. It's just a lot of external issues that are going on. And I'm not sitting over here making excuses for the kid. He's got to be better. Trust me. I I agree. Agree with everything you said there, A-Dub. However, I want to get this kid behind the offensive line that's going to be ready to block for him. I want to get him there with the running game that's going to be locked in and ready to go. And I want all his weapons to be healthy. Shit, Cole Commit was injured last week. He came back this week. Yep. Chase Claypool's been out. Darnell Moody is still ramping up. So there's just a lot of unknowns with the offense because we haven't really seen it all together yet. And Prez, you just summed that up perfectly, bro. That's all about the rhythm, all about the chemistry. You know, all that matters, man. And that's why you always talk about how important, you know, um, trading camp has always been, you know, and this is it, you know. You don't see Justin Fields have an opportunity to play enough with the starters, right? It's not Justin Fields' fault. You want him to come into the season healthy, but it's just a fact right there. And then you got all this injuries you talked about that played a part in as well, bro. He had to pretty much adjust on the fly. And that's what we saw in that third series. He adjusted. Like, hey, look, this is what I got. I got to make some moves and do some things that I got to do to get this team in a good position to try to score points on the board. Another thing, too, going into this game against Buffalo, we hadn't seen Justin Fields throw the ball downfield. And that was one of the things that I was kind of looking for in this game. And we saw that he kind of pushed it down the field a little bit more. But that's yeah. the thing that I wanted to see. I wanted to see that because, hey, we talk about all these weapons he got in the, in the offensive arsenal, and we know Justin Fields is a very accurate deep ball passer. We just haven't seen a lot of that. There's been a lot of shorter passes. We already know what took place with that 62-yard touchdown with D.J. Moore. Say no more about that. But I just was – it would have been nice to see them take some more shots during the preseason. And I think to your point, a lot of that has to do with – the offensive line holding up. Because, you know, you only got a lot of time, right? The offensive line haven't been together, haven't pretty much played together, really, and due to injuries and many other things. So it's like, hey, you want to be careful with Justin Fields, right? You have him in that pocket waiting too long, you know, you're putting yourself at risk for where the guy can get hurt in preseason. So you're right. We haven't seen a lot of shots thrown down the field because we're not fully a healthy team just yet to take those type of opportunities right now. And I understand. Well, against the Titans. You didn't have that issue. You only had one guy that was out at that point. The fact that he got the job done early, bro, with three passes. Yeah. <laughs> but he only played seven snaps in that game. And they was like, no, go ahead and sit down. You're good. Exactly. We talked about it last week on the show. What's going to happen here with Beijing, Walker, Peter? 
Well, we got our answer because after Justin Fields left the game and didn't finish that drive that we talked about, Tyson Bajan came in the ball game. Right. And I looked over at you, Dub, and I said, well, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> he got the fucking nod over P.J. Walker and Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman didn't even play. And by the time that P.J. Walker got in the game, it was like pretty much mop-up snaps. <laughs> they gave Tyson Bigant a lot of playing time in this game. So I want to get your thoughts on his play because I know it was a little up and down. But what did you see out there from Tyson? I still like Tyson. And what I like about him, Prez, is that this guy still bring the energy, bro. This game still goes on with him. He still bring the momentum, bro. And I think we had a couple, of, you know, when he came in, a couple of things happened with the penalty, you know, Tyler Scott that just kind of put us in a tough spot. But I still like his energy level. He brings it. We saw at one point when they got a, when he got a chance to score a touchdown, how he was pretty much bringing the energy. And I'm like, I just like this about the guy that he actually proven to us that, hey, he is on this team the number two quarterback because he does. He go through his reads. He's mobile, more mobile than I thought he would be. He can get around, make good throws. I like the fact of how he's been playing. So outside that interception you threw, he, he played pretty well. And I was so sick about that interception because the play before, Carlson should have caught that fucking ball. That should have been a yep. touchdown. That was a nice throw. I know people were like, oh, Perez was a little bit. I'm like, listen, you got to catch that shit. Exactly. That, that should have been a touchdown. Touchdown, yeah. And imagine how differently we would have viewed his performance if that touchdown would have happened and not the pick. And I know we can't do the what-ifs, but I'm just saying that should have been a touchdown. It should have been a touchdown. We should never got to that point to where the guy forced to throw an interception. I understand we can say a bad throw, whatever. I get it. Yeah, you know, I'm he not should have thrown that. Should have thrown, <laughs> right? thrown it all. But at the end of the day, Perez, this is why you got to make the play the first time in general. When you got a chance to score a touchdown, score the damn touchdown, catch the football. No excuses there because you never know what the next play is going to be. When Tyson Bajet scored that touchdown, I looked over the sideline and I saw Justin Fields just as fired up about it as I saw Tyson in the office. And that goes to show you that not only is Justin Fields showing you that he's a leader and this and that, but it also shows you that there's belief on that team in Tyson. Yep. That's what that shows you. You saw how that team got fired up for him when he scored. The fan yeah. base, that crowd went nuts. They got fired up when he scored. They also got fired up when he took off and ran for those yards, bro. Oh, um, yeah, and then he slid down. He, he slid, got, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, Tyson got a little fire to him, man. I, I like that, bro. So he's giving you something that we haven't seen in a P.J. Walker or, you know what I'm saying, Peter, man. I mean, you haven't seen that in those guys, you know. So you see something different in Tyson, and he gives you a good vibe, a good feel when you go out there and, and take charge of this offense, man. So I just like what I'm saying. The team feels, feels to look like they're in better rhythm. With Tyson, you know, outside of course Justin Fields. I'll say this, man. I know Luke Getsy tried to pour cold water on this whole quarterback competition by saying, "Hey, like let's slow down." It was only one good drive, which I mean, I kind of said the same thing, not so many words to what Luke Getsy said, but I, I did tell the fan base, "Hey, guys, keep in mind that PJ Walker does have game experience." Yeah, and Tyson doesn't have that, and you saw a little bit with that pick that he threw yesterday. Of the inexperienced, but however, yep, there's things that Tyson has done that we have that we have not seen from PJ Walker, and it's that boxing, bringing the team together. It just seems like Tyson gets everybody around him pretty fired up. I haven't he seen does. that from PJ Walker. I'm glad that even Flus allowed PJ Walker to play with the twos when he did, and he's allowing Tyson to do the same thing, bro. Because you get a chance to really evaluate against the twos, right? Hey, what are you doing? You know, and I think when you see how they both play. 
And like you're saying here, P.J. Walker just doesn't seem to have the, the rhythm that I've seen that I, from Tyson. And you're right. It doesn't seem like he has that charismatic or charisma to bring this team together. Now, I think that's part of why he may have struggled a little bit, man, because there's no excitement with him in that in, in, in playing with the team. So I think that plays a big factor in it. Well, when I'm looking at this quarterback position right now, there's no way the Bears are going to be able to get away with cutting Beijing and hoping that he can get back on their practice squad. He's going to have to be on this 53-man roster, A-Dub. There's no way. They better not cut this guy. Because if they cut him and he ends up on the Packers or the Vikings or some bullshit, mm. I will fucking riot. Not even kidding you. Not even kidding Ryan Poles, do the right thing. Put this kid on the 53-man roster. You know what to do. It should be Fields, Beijing, Walker, get Nathan Peterman the fuck out of here. Let's call it a day. <laughs> but you got to give Tyson his credit, man. He earned it, bro. Got to give it to the guy. You know, I don't know how it's going to shape up, but I just know that Tyson Beijing should be on that 53-man roster. Whether yep. they put P.J. Walker at the two and then Beijing at the third straight, I don't know how it's going to shape up. But I know who better be on that 53-man roster. I'm not even fucking kidding. I will be pissed if they wave <laughs> that kid. On Tuesday, he better not be one of them guys that we talking about. Oh, I can't believe the Bears cut him. They better right. not do that shit. Hell no. Because <laughs> listen, Tyson will put too much tape out there, bro. He has. NFL teams are seeing this kid. They're like, wait, man, this kid got some talent. He does. He and... ain't perfect, but he got talent. And he got the it factor, bro. He got the it factor. So earlier, obviously, I talked about the ground game and how it was pretty much non-existent out there. They couldn't get anything going. All three of the running backs. It was tough sledding out there for those guys. True. It was a lot of third and loans for the majority of the games. <laughs> right. And um, I got to say, that offensive line, I got to take some blame. Because, man, they were not getting a good push out there. And those running backs were like, hey, they already on us. We're in the backfield trying to make something happen. They already here. So, it lets you know that, you know, that's something the Bears definitely, of course, got to clean up when the season starts, which I believe they will. But, man, because our O-line struggled that much, that's, that's tough, man, to even see that happen. But our running backs couldn't do much at all with the hand they were dealt. Well, I mean, there were several runs where I saw Roshan Johnson, as soon as he was getting the handoff, it was one guy in his leg and another guy, like, right in his face. I mean, like, yep. that was just pretty much what the running backs were going against. So, again, mm -hmm. part of that's offensive line, obviously, but I also think that timing plays a part in that. And also, too, predictability. You know, a lot yes. of times, you know, the defense is probably like, okay, yeah, we know what they're going to run here. Now, on the yep. other side of the ball, though, A-Dub, I talked about last year how teams ran all over us. Well, we saw what the first-string offense for the Bills did. Josh Allen, man, he made it look easy. He's like a kid in the candy store. He's like, this is nothing. <laughs> and it didn't feel better with the reserves because Buffalo ran the ball at will. Darrington Evans, the former Bear, he got his revenge off that run that he had. Fucking five, six broken tackles. I was a boy. He had something to prove on that run. But to your point, man, Evans did his thing, ran over the Bears, got that touchdown. I take my tip my cap off to him, but you look at the defense side and say, hey, man, you all got to be better than that. 100%. The penalties also. Yeah. You talked about it on that play with Cole Komet when he got down within the goal line area and they called that shit back. Yep. This is the third game in a row, man. We've had at least seven penalties. They got to clean that stuff up. We're not playing smart football right now. This is the whole thing about Matt Ibafusa, the way he coaches. It's all about being smart, intentional, how you're playing out there. They are not playing true to what's been instilled in them. And my boy Tyree Stevenson picked up a couple penalties in this game, right? He had one last game. 
So got to be mindful of the penalties he's picking up. So they all come back to hurt you, man. Yeah, that one came on that sack on, on Josh Allen. Yep. That got overturned. So, yeah, man, it's just, it's just a lot of things that I'm seeing right now that I'm like, okay, I don't want to overreact to it, but there's still things that I want to call out. And like I yeah. said, the lack of running game is concerning. Yep. The issues with the injuries on offensive line concern me. Teams still running the ball at will. It ain't just in this game. And that Titans game ain't up. I was like, damn, are we ever going to fucking get the ball back from them? I mean, they ran that shit down our throat, drove the fucking ball down the field at will. Same thing from Josh Allen yesterday. These teams are making it look easy against our number ones. And I know people are saying, well, prayers, these aren't our true number ones. I understand, but I'm still calling attention to things that I'm seeing that I don't like. Special teams. Man, I know Tyler Scott had the 55-yard return, and that was all cool, Ron. He showed that speed. But he still scares me back there, man. It was a couple of those punts back there where he was misjudging them and he had to make awkward catches and shit. I'm like, <laughs> man, this, this is not natural for this kid yet, at least from the punt return standpoint. And to your point, Perez, that's why I think they still need to get somebody for punt return as he could seem to figure things out, right? Because oh, like, yeah, but you ain't want no Tariq Cohen, no A-Dub. Nah, I, 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 I know, I know. <laughs> But to your point, you know, we do definitely need somebody. You know, if Tyler Scott is not going to be the guy that really shows enough improvement by the season start, we're going to have to go a different direction, bro. But I think, you know how it is with Matt, even Fuchs and those guys, they want to give the ones we have in this locker room a chance first before they make their moves. But the clock is ticking is where I'm at with it, Perez. When, when, when Dante Pettis was put on the IR, I was like, well, he was a dependable guy. He was somebody that I was kind of thinking, like, had an outside chance. I, I wasn't, right. as you mentioned, as you remember from the last episode, I kind of felt like he was on the outside looking in with the wide receiver situation. But when I saw he got put on IR, I said, well, there was a dependable part return option right there. True. Valus Jones, he's been injured a lot. So, I mean, maybe Valus ended up being the part returner. I mean, hey, he did a really good job of that in college. I mean, that was how he got into the NFL. But right now, with just the fact that Velas has not been able to stay healthy. And you got a rookie of Tyler Scott back there who makes it a fucking adventure. My fucking heart rate goes off every time he's back there fielding a punt. I mean, I just think we got to do something better on a special team. So these are just some of the yeah. things that I just want to bring to the forefront. And like I said, now, Tariq Cohen, I know I'm being a little nostalgic with that. <laughs> but he can help us out now. <laughs> you know what, friends? If Cohen is really, truly healthy, and still the guy he once was, maybe he can still help us, bro. But I don't know yet. I don't know. I haven't seen the guy. Like, to your point, you talked about there. You haven't seen him either. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. So earlier, you brought up Tyreek Stevens' name, more penalties. We know that he's in a bit of a battle with Terrell Smith. Last week, I asked you, how do you think that battle's going? And I think we kind of both came to the understanding that we think Tyreek Stevenson still has the edge. Right. After preseason game number three, how are you seeing this battle? I still think Tyreek Stevenson has the edge. Throughout all his issues and concerns we have with him, that physicality I still love about him, Brez, and that interception he got, it tells me that he can put shit behind him. Like, okay, mm -hmm. I made a mistake. I know my bad, guys. I'll try to find a way to make it up. And trying to find a way to make it up, he's shown what he can do to make it up, that interception. And this is no knock on anyone else as far as our cornerbacks goes, but the knowing a guy like him can be that physical and still go out there, have a good read on the ball, can watch the body language of the 
the wide receiver, and then make a play like he did to get that interception. It says a lot about Tyreek Stevenson, bro. That's just coming with knowledge, instinct, and just knowing the game. And I think he still have that bit of a little bit of an edge, you know, in that in that in that, in that competitive matchup. So I gotta go with Tyreek Stevenson saying that I think he still got the edge. So the way that I look at it is Terrell Smith was emerging early on, but then he was out with an undisclosed injury. Yep. And I think during that time, it allowed Tyreek Stevenson to kind of solidify that cornerback position. Now, yeah. I will say this. He hasn't been perfect. As you mentioned, penalties. There's been some times where he's been out of position, but he has that next play mentality. And also, man, I mean, he just looks like a natural out there at the position. He does. And those are the things right there with a guy like that you're going to take those lumps with him because you know that he's going to probably make more plays than he's going to allow. And I look at a guy like this, opposite of a Jalen Johnson, he's going to get tested a lot this season. Sure. And I think that he's got the mentality to be able to handle it. And he's like, okay, come on, come with it. I'm not going to back down. So you like that in a kid like him saying, look, he's ready for the challenge and he's ready to go to war. So I'm glad that he's, getting all the little kinks out right now with making mistakes, and hopefully he's better for the season. Well, audience, I feel like we've talked about a lot of things here on this show. We got cuts coming down here on Tuesday. So A-Dub and I, we don't want to kind of go through the whole roster yet. We want to kind of let things play out a bit. As we gear up for roster cutdown data, which is coming up on Tuesday, audience. This roster, if you look at it on paper, it seems logical the guys are going to make the team. But, A-Dub, I want to ask you, do you have a surprise guy on this team that you think could end up getting cut? It's a guy I never thought I would have to mention. But I will say Dominique Robinson could be a guy cut to the practice Ooh. squad, bro. Could be. I, I never want to look at it that way, but I know that there's been so many – Guys who've been outperforming him, bro. And it's been consistently outperforming him. And I just look at him and say, okay, maybe you need to continue to grow and develop and get to that next step before we hand you the keys. And I think right now, I'm not saying kick him off the football team forever, but practice squad seems to be a good, better fit for him right now based upon how this roster is constructed. Even if they trade uh, even if they trade Travis Gibson? Even if they trade Travis Gibson. Absolutely, Perez. Even they do that because at the end of the day, I know that even they trade Travis Gibson, I know knowing Ryan Pose, he's going to try to do something else to bring something else on this team to help this team and for someone else to make this roster. And I just think that that spot could be held for something like that. Okay. All right. Hmm. Let me think. Of who <laughs> that was, a, I'm just still pondering that one. I'm still pondering that one. I think for me, it'll probably be Micah Baskerville. Now, even in the game yesterday, he continued to make some flashes. I thought he's done a really good job in camp. But Noah Sewell continues to show that he's ready to yep. have a big role here on this team. I know he left the game yesterday with an injury. Let's hope that that's minor. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens. It's never good when you see a guy like that have to get carted off the field. But Micah Baskerville, A-Dub, another undrafted guy that Ryan Poles brought in here. I mean, dude, he's been making plays all over the field. I think just based on this linebacker position and how much talent they have, yeah, he may end up being the guy that gets cut. And hopefully he's someone that can sneak back on the practice squad. And he's making the most of his opportunity. I got to give it to him. When I see players out there doing that, making the best of what of the chances they're getting, 
he has done that. And I hope he, like you say, man, if he can make the practice squad, that'll be dope. But I think he has something to show us and can prove to us down the road, man, if we give him a chance. Yeah, he's got a lot of talent. Listen, he went to LSU. All they do is breed fucking football players. You know what I'm saying? So right. He'll be fine. I'm still just thinking about this Dominic Robinson thing they ate up throughout there, man. <laughs> Mercy, I'm just trying to wrap my head around Because in my opinion, I think that Dominic Robinson is a lock to make the roster. I think right now when you look at these remaining spots, it's going to come down to Rasheed Green, Terrell Lewis, and a Travis Gibson. See, you'll see Dominic Robinson out here requesting trades because I think he feels like he's on his team. Big Trev is like probably thinking, I'm going to be the odd man out around here. <laughs> and that could be some others. I thought Travis Gibson was more concerned about his playing time than anything else, you know, <laughs> and his money down the road, right? I thought he had a chance, but Dominique just haven't really shown me nothing, bro. I mean, honestly, this is the guy who I root for heavily. I just want to see more from him. If I would look at just objectively look at how everyone else performing versus his, I would say, hey, man, you haven't shown me enough to say that you outperform these other guys on the line, man. And I think you got something to prove to us. And if they give my opportunity for us to make the roster, that's just them saying, you know what, they still see something in them. Well, hey, Doug, we shall definitely see well, these, these. Like I said, we got roster cuts coming up on Tuesday. So, hey, Ryan Poles and his staff, they got some tough decisions to make. <laughs> well, hey, before we get out of here, game ball time. Offense. Who's getting game ball, bro? Cairo Santos getting my game ball. Mr. Consistent. That's what it's about right there, press consistent. Man, this guy's just going out there, going about his business, you know, not creating any, you know, uh, noise around him. He's just going out there doing his job and getting the hell out the way, bro. <laughs> As you see, but I like the way he actually has been performing, man, throughout this preseason, you know, in general. So this guy's went out there kicking his field goals, man. And we haven't had any worries about our field goal kick. I mean, that's we've we've been talking about that for as long as he's been on this roster. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, this is a guy right here. When he's back there, ain't nobody worried. He had a 51-yarder yesterday. I was like, that a boy. I already had missed season four. And you know that wind was out there blowing too, bro. So uh, It was whipping. It was whipping. <laughs> so to make that type of kick like that, with that wind blowing that way, I said, okay, this guy's good, man. He's ready, man. He's ready. So for me, it's like, okay, I like what I saw in him. With Cairo, duh, I mean – of course, you know, he's going to be a major part of this offense this season. This is somebody, if the game's on the line, a dub, two seconds left in the game. He's somebody, man, that I'm not even tripping on. I'm not even worried about. And I know a lot of Bears fans, we just wonder what would have been if we had Cairo Santos on our team in 2018, right? And that's like, right. it sucks, man, because, like, dude, Cairo Santos, man, when he's back there, you're not tripping. You're not worried about it. He has solidified this kicking position. I'm so thankful for him. And goodness gracious, what would we be without Cairo Santos? That's all I got to say. <laughs> and the only thing that you and I worry about right now, Perez, is Dub jinxing him. That's all we worried about. <laughs> I ain't worried about it because you're going to keep your damn mouth shut this season. <laughs> Absolutely. I am keeping my mouth shut for real, bro. Yeah, I swear to God. I was like, oh, Dub, nope, don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping it cool this year, man. Cairo, handle your business, bro. Yes, you ain't gonna sir. Hear from me. Yes, sir. Please, please not. No, no. <laughs> I want to hear it, Dub. I do not want to hear it. If you even, <laughs> if you even try to utter that off your tongue, I will have your mic cut off. Uh -uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we love you, Cairo. Hey, man, appreciate everything you do. My game ball from yesterday is going to DJ Moore. Okay. Now we haven't seen a lot of him in preseason because we don't need to. I've seen enough. 
Yes. In a limited fashion, every time this guy's touched the ball, he's making big-time plays. The 62-yard touchdown in week one of the preseason. Dope-ass play. Yep. But yesterday, the little chunk pass that Justin made to him, DJ Moore turns up the field for 40 yards. Broke through a tackler on that one. This is my thing. I know all of us keep talking about this Justin Fields and DJ Moore combination, and rightfully so. We should be talking about it because this thing going to be monstrous this season. And I'm telling you, DJ Moore, he gets my game ball, not just for that one play that he made yesterday, but he just gets my game ball because, brother, he's going to have a big-time year. And if I get the opportunity tonight in my fantasy football draft to draft DJ Moore, he's going to be on presence team. I feel like he is going to be a monster in fantasy football and, of course, on the field this season. And you know Justin Fields have no problem targeting him, man, at all. Oh, my God. He's going to get about 15 targets a game. Oh, it's going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts. DJ Moore going to be putting up video game numbers this season, bro. 10 receptions yeah. a game, 150, two touchdowns. That Brandon Marshall, Jay Cutler shit. That's what we about to see, bro. Man, it won't be a shocker if you hear, hey, that DJ Moore is a pro bowl, of course, for the Chicago Bears. Would not shock you at all, Perez, because he's going to have the numbers. He's going to get them. 100%. All right, who's getting your defensive game ball? Defensive game ball, despite all the issues I had with him, I went with Tyreek Stevenson still. Okay, well, yeah, he had that pick. Had that pick, bro. And here's the deal about that pick. When we got the pick, the offense decided to do their thing, bro. It just created, you know, um, some momentum, I would say. That was a good momentum shift for the Bears right there. So I liked the, the interception. He was fired up on it. A good read. But I think those turnovers we always talk about that we need to get on the defensive side of it, that's why we need to get those turnovers. Because what it can do to the offense, it can ignite them. It ignite them. So with Tyree Stevenson, right, we've talked a shit ton about him this offseason. And we're going to continue to talk about him because I think this kid is so promising. The growing pains. These are going to be things that we're going to have to just deal with when it comes to Tyree yep. Stevenson. But I think he's going to be that long-term answer over there at cornerback. I know audience. He had the penalties. A-Dub brought that up earlier. They were costly. But he made up for it to A-Dub's point earlier. Having that short memory. Not tripping on the mistakes and going out there and competing, going out there and balling. And the guy showing you that he's got some ball hawking abilities. Now, yeah. I, I gave him some shit last week for that pick that he didn't get. And he came back this week and told me to shut my mouth. So, okay, cool. <laughs> Game on. Now, he's still got some work to do. Yep. His arrow's pointing up, baby. And I like what you used to say at that, bro. It's going to be some growing pains with him, but we can live with that. We can live with a talented cornerback like him. All right, my game ball's going to Michael Ojibudia. Okay. Now, this dude in the finale, and you always get the one bubble player that always shows out in the last <laughs> finale to give you something to think about. <laughs> right, right. And I'll tell you one thing, bro. He was all over the fucking field yesterday. Sure was. Pass breakups, making really good tackles. The guy was playing very instinctively. I was sitting over there looking. I'm like, man, he wasn't even a guy I was checking for in this game. He wasn't one of my – because I had a guy, about eight players that I was kind of keeping my eye on. Right. And I'm like, shit, I love when a guy like that forces his way into the conversation because that's what he did. Being over the field like that, making plays, just being at the right place or making sure you're at the right place, I mean, that's, that's kudos to him. That's what you call going out with a bang, baby. So no matter what happens to him, Perez, moving forward, he's like, look, I gave him my all. In this last preseason game, he showed out, bro. 
And this is the thing. We know with the top four corner spots, you got Jalen, Kyler Gordon, Tyreek Stevenson, and Terrell Smith. You got two spots there at the quarterback position that are for grabs. And he's over here like, hey, you know what? I want to enter that conversation with the Jalen Jones. I want to enter that conversation. And you know what name that we haven't talked about? It's Kendall Vildor because he ain't going to make this fucking team. Don't see it happen. No way. I didn't hear his name yesterday. <laughs> In preseason. And uh, right now, his stock has gone down. Who's your underperformer from yesterday's game? I went with Khalil Herbert. And let me tell you why. I know okay. he didn't get a lot of opportunity. He didn't do great, of course, for his as far as the running because, you know, many factors, right? But he had an opportunity to catch the football with just the field doing a nice pass. And that's what our running back is going to have to do moving forward, Perez. Catch the damn football. And that was a wake-up call saying to him that, look, you got to be the player, a pivotal part in catching that football going forward, you know? I know you've done well in the other preseason game with catching, but this just shows you we're going to need consistency at that part of the game. As I mentioned earlier, I don't think he's done anything to lose his number one spot. But I'll tell you one thing, man. If I was him, <laughs> I wouldn't get too comfortable. <laughs> because, like I said, we saw the fact that he made that nice catch for the touchdown in the opener. Right. That was nice. But against the Bills, and I guess it wasn't just him, but he just struggled to make anything happen there in the run game. It's true. And that drop pass, like you said, bro, I was like, come on, bro. He was the second drive, if you ask me. His two messed up plays, bro, that killed the drive. Yeah, it did. It did. And that's the thing. You can't get rid of now because something like that, it just kind of throws things off. And it looked like it just threw things off. But I'll tell you one thing. I keep saying it. But 30, he's coming for your job, Cliff. And I keep <laughs> trying to get you to realize, bro, he's coming for you. And when I tell him, hey, Cleo, if you're doing 20 on the bench press, give me 25. If you're about to run two miles on that trail, give me three. This kid, <laughs> bro, is coming for your job. I know there's people out here talking about, Roshan ain't really all that good. He ain't showing me nothing. You don't know fucking football. I see this kid out of training camp. We can't even. We haven't even seen the best of what he can do yet. Just wait. Just wait. Y'all could be, be a fool if y'all won't bet against Roshan Johnson. <laughs> Absolutely, man. They better not bet against that guy because he's all business. My underperformer, not going to surprise anybody because I called him out earlier in the episode, <laughs> tight end Steven Cross. But I know people going to sit up here and say, but Prince, he led the team in receiving yards. I don't care. That damn drop that he had in the damn end zone? Yeah. Come on, now. That was six <laughs> points. Easily. And you trying to make a team because right now in that tight end room, you got commit tying in the Mercedes Lewis. You already had an uphill battle. Are you dropping touchdowns, bro? Are you fucking kidding me? This guy off my team. Yeah. And we saw him go out there before, Perez, dropping passes. It's not the first game we seen him drop a pass. You know, so we did see him in the other preseason game. You got to catch the ball, especially when they're on target, man. I mean, <laughs> that pass was on target for the touchdown against the Buffalo Bills. He just missed it big time. And those type of plays you got to make. You just got to make it. As I mentioned, I just can't wait for week one. But all this, me and A-Dub, we're going to get back on this show. And we're going to break down this entire roster. Every position. You got our word. We'll be back. Looking forward to the season, Press, And knowing who we going to war with. Yes, sir. Fuck you, Jordan Love. And we are out. <laughs>